Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Good morning, church. If you are taking notes, write at the top of your notes the title of my sermon this morning. I was instructed to minister on the subject of faith. There was a time, yes, I, I was requesting others what to preach. <laughs> but um, right at the top of your notes, write, Advancing the Kingdom of God Through Faith. Advancing the Kingdom of God Through Faith. I want to encourage you, that's... One of my good habits is that I always go to a meeting, a conference, a church service with my notebook because I find, for me, it works that I retain what I hear by taking notes. Now, I don't take a whole lot of notes, but the things that strike my spirit as the minister under the anointing of the Holy Spirit delivers the word. That's one good habit, and I want to encourage you to do that. You will receive much more out of it. So, advancing the kingdom of God through faith, understanding the walk of faith, and the principles which govern the laws of faith will enable us to be fruitful and productive in the kingdom of God. It is the will of the Lord that we bear much, what? Fruit. So shall our Father in heaven be glorified. So it's important for us to study the subject of faith, to understand the laws that govern the principles of faith. That way, when, when we have studied it thoroughly and understand how faith works, we will be productive and we will be fruitful in the kingdom of God. Now, according to the Word of God and my own experience in walking by faith this many years, I have come to realize that every measure of growth, every measure of advancement, both in my personal affairs as well as in the kingdom of God and in the ministry, comes through faith and by faith. Without faith, there's no growth. Without faith, there's no advancement. Without faith, there's no progress in your spiritual walk, as well as in every sphere of your life. We need to understand this principle. There's no growth. And no meaningful advance in the kingdom apart from faith, apart from someone exercising his or her faith. Would you agree with that statement? The Word of God says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen? So if we want to please God, we need to understand the subject of faith. So let's read from Romans chapter 10, verse 8. And we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2 and verse 6. Romans 10, verse 8, and Hebrews 11, 
verses 1 and 2, as well as 6. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Notice that the word of God is called the word of faith. The word of God is called the word of faith. The reason being is that it causes faith to come into the heart of those who hear the word and receive it. Amen? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let's go to Hebrews 1 and 2 and verse 6. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, the subject of faith is one of the most misunderstood subjects among believers and sinners alike. And I bear witness to that. Faith often has been spoken against, maligned, and even ridiculed by many simply because they don't understand it or because they have tried it or they have tried to believe God and exercise faith in some area of their lives and because of a lack of knowledge, they fell flat on their faces. To be honest with you, I even made some enemies through the years simply by emphasizing and teaching on the subject of faith very often. Now, often you hear well-meaning people say things like, man, I've tried this faith stuff and it doesn't work for me. Have you ever heard that? This faith stuff doesn't, just doesn't work for me. Well, if you believe it doesn't work for you, it will never work for you. Now, my personal testimony is that faith, as it is described and explained in the Bible has been one of the most beneficial, one of the most productive and exhilarating subjects in the entire Bible. I look around me today and give thanks to God for having given me the measure of faith, not only to believe His Word, but also to serve Him in an acceptable way. Because without that measure of faith, we cannot serve God the way he wants us to. Even when it was hard, not easy, and not convenient. Now, I find myself in a position that I am today, both spiritually as well as materially, as a result of exercising that measure of faith that God has given me. That measure of faith, the same measure that God has given every one of his children. The Bible says that God has given us the measure of faith. You have that faith. But most times, 
because of a lack of knowledge of how it works, because we don't understand how to exercise it, that faith that God has given us remains dormant and unproductive. Amen? So, it is my purpose this morning to inspire you. That's why I'm teaching on this subject. Inspire you to do what? To go into the subject of faith and study it for yourself. I believe that the subject of faith is one of the subjects that I studied the most in the New Testament, perhaps maybe not prayer, but I have thoroughly looked into it, studied it, and began to exercise it from a very young age in the Lord. And I have nothing to say against Bible faith. Now, I'm talking about biblical faith. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm not talking about presumption. Because many people say they walk by faith, but you don't see the evidence or the blessing of the faith they say they walk in. So that is not really Bible faith. It must be something else that looks like faith, sounds like faith, but it is not faith. The kind of faith that the Bible teaches about. Because Bible faith always works. Amen? You ask the fathers of our faith and they will tell you that. Amen? Let's go to some of the scriptures that relate to that. I say that because faith for me has a very special place in my heart. Because when everything around me was falling apart, it was my faith in God's word that helped me to stand and stand strong in the face of opposition and persecution. If it were not for the faith that God has given me, I would not be here today. Amen? Now, when persecution and affliction arose because of the word's sake... It was my faith that has enabled me not to give in to pressure, not to give in to persecution that was designed to undo what God was doing in me and through me. Amen? So when you begin to walk by faith, exercise your faith, you are going to face resistance. Because the devil does not want you to discover the wonderful power and the results that are produced by a person who knows how to use his faith. I heard someone say once as he was teaching that he watched someone who so beautifully used his faith in order to get results for the sick people he was praying for. And he said, he made this statement, I watched him use his faith like a mechanic uses his wrenches to do his work. God has called us to do what is impossible for man to do. And we can do it through the measure of faith that God has delivered to us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, if we're truly born of God, we should have overcoming faith in us. The kind of faith that overcomes the world and all that is in it. You are of God, little children, the Bible says. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even 
What helps us to overcome the world? What helps us to overcome temptation? What helps us to overcome sin? Even our faith. Learn to appreciate the God kind of faith that God has deposited in your heart. And the more you use it, the more you get to appreciate it. The more you use it, the more valuable it becomes. You see, spiritual things are not like natural things that they waste away and they break with the use of time. Spiritual things, the more you use them, the more you value them. The more you use them, the better they become. And the more you use them, the more proficient you become in exercising. They don't lose the value. They increase in value. Spiritual things increase in value with the use and with the time, whereas natural things, they depreciate with the use and with time. Amen? Now, I did say to you, ask the fathers of our faith and they will tell you that faith works. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, and the many others in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's, le- let's read a few verses from Hebrews 11 chapter, chapter 11 verse 4 through to 12. By faith, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 through to 12. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Through faith, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. People who live and walk by faith, even though they die, they continue to minister and continue to speak and continue to encourage people. Did you hear that? People who live by faith and walk by faith, even though they die, gone on to be with the Lord, Yet they continue to speak, and they continue to influence people in every generation. Isn't that amazing? The Word of God says, though though Abel died, he being dead still speaks. He's speaking to us today. He says, it was by faith that I offered a more excellent sacrifice than that of my brother. And it was by faith that I obtained the report that I was righteous. And he is teaching us and admonishing us and giving us an example to imitate. So when you come to present your offering, understand that faith always will give a more excellent sacrifice, a more excellent offering. And the reason being that God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's sacrifice, it was because Abel offered in faith. Did you get that? Because faith will always serve God the way he desires to be served. Now Cain served God according to his terms. And according to the way it was convenient for him. Amen? By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. 
It was through faith that Enoch was translated, and he never tasted death. Imagine the kind of faith that we're talking about. That's why Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Very often we put a ceiling on ourselves, on God, and because of our unrenewed mind, we walk through life being deprived of what is rightfully ours. Because we put a ceiling on what we can believe, what we can do, what you cannot do. Here Jesus said, nothing is impossible for you if you believe. Nothing. When he said nothing, he meant nothing. Within the confines of God's promise. Amen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. Believe what? That he is who he says he is. And that he can do what he promised he will do. And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what you must believe. Amen. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things, not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Noah did something that was impossible. Noah began to build an ark where no rain had ever fallen on the earth. That's why people who walk by faith, they are misunderstood. They often being ridiculed because the world does not understand faith. Amen? They don't walk by logic. They don't walk by their senses. But their whole lives is based on the spoken word of God. They obey without delay, and they don't ask why. Amen? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Uh, we want to know every turn. We want to know every, um, every event that will take place before we take this step. But Abraham, was, he just went out. Where are you going, Abraham? I don't know. You don't know where you're going? No. Do you have a vision? No. <laughs> I, all I know is that God said, get out of your father's house. Get out of your country. And go to a place I'll show you. When God called us out of Zimbabwe, he didn't specify where. He said, go south. How can, it, how can a person do that? With responsibilities, with commitments, with children. By faith. By faith. That's how you do it. So he went not knowing where he was going. And God honored him. Amen. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Ask them whether faith works. 
And they will tell you. They are testifying to us today that faith in God will always work and produce the desired results. They understood what it means to walk by faith. And they exercised faith in God's spoken word to them and achieved the impossible. And let me say this, their faith was genuine. Their faith was sincere. Their faith was deep. And it was grounded in the love of God. So when opposition came against them, when it was not comfortable, when affliction arose, they remained on the side of God. And they were even willing to die for their own faith in God. Not compromising, not yielding to pressure, not yielding to the enemies or the persecution that came against them. Why? Because their faith was not skin deep. It was deep. It was genuine. It was based on the love of God. They loved God so deeply, they were willing to die for what they believed. It's hard to find such faith today. Wouldn't you say so? It's difficult. Today, the Western church, by and large, our faith is skin deep. It is selfish. It is shallow. It asks, what's in it for me? If it's convenient, I'll serve God. If it's comfortable, I'll serve Him. But if it's not, I won't. Amen? Come on. Is it so or is it not? Oh, sorry, Pastor, I can't, I, I really cannot come to church today. I don't feel well. Yet the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Hello? And so many other excuses we come up with, just with a little opposition. The kingdom of God is crying out for laborers. When we ask for laborers, I'm not able to serve God at this time because of this, because of that, because of this, because of one reason or another. That's not the kind of faith that the fathers of faith, of faith exercised. They were sold out to God. God was their life. God was the schedule. God was the love of the life. They loved Him with the whole heart. And they were in, invested in His kingdom, in His word, regardless of the cost, whether it was convenient, whether it was easy, whether it was uncomfortable. Amen. That's why the kingdom of God suffers today. It suffers because we lack the kind of faith that the Bible teaches about. Amen? Look warm. Let's move on. Let's move on. Now, let me say this. The secret to faith that is fruitful and productive... The faith that advances the kingdom of God is a faith that has discovered divine purpose. Amen. Divine purpose from God that inspires and motivates us to exercise our faith. If you don't have a purpose, what must you use your faith for? Only for selfish things, only for you and for your, for your own family. Faith was not given to us just for our own use, for our own benefit. 
Yes, thank God that we can use that faith to meet our needs, but that is not the primary reason or the purpose that God has given us the measure of faith. The reason He's given us this measure of faith, it is to advance the kingdom of God in our sphere of influence. And together with that, we get our needs met. We can believe God for health. We can believe God for financial provision. We can believe God for divine protection. Thank God we can do that, but that is not the primary reason that God has given us that measure of faith. He's given us the measure of faith so that we can advance His kingdom and His influence in our spheres of influence wherever God has placed us. Amen. Back a few years ago, in fact, it was 2004 in the month of February, I will never forget that morning where I was sitting before God in my prayer and meditation, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God convicted me so deeply. He said, I have taught you how to use faith, and you have seen the tremendous blessings and results that I have given you because you've learned how to use your faith. I said, yes, Lord. And he said, how often have you used this faith to bless someone else and exercise this faith on behalf of someone that you know is struggling? And that moment... I remembered a fellow pastor. This fellow pastor always had problems with his car during those years. Most of the time he would text a message, I'm unable to attend the meeting, my car broke down. My headlights are not working. This is wrong, and that is wrong. He was going through a difficult financial period. I remembered him. And the Spirit said to me, why not use your faith and help him to buy a car. I raised my hand before the Lord. God is my witness. And I said, Father, the way you've taught me to believe God for myself, I'm going to believe God for my brother. And according to Mark eleven twenty four, you said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Right now, I believe I receive over 100,000 rand in cash so that my brother, I'm believing on behalf of my brother so that he can drive his new car. The next week we meet, the Lord speaks to me again and he said, well, put your money where your mouth is. So I said to that brother, here is 5,000 rand and I want you to open up a separate account. This is seed. God is going to bring in the money. One week has gone by, two weeks have gone by, three weeks have gone by, four weeks have gone by. He says to me, Andrea, nobody knows we believe in God. Nobody knows of that account. How are they going to put money in? I said, I don't know. I'm ju I just did what the Lord told me to do. A couple of weeks later, I went out with another pastor to fast and pray for a few days. And while I was praying, God gave me a vision concerning this man's church. And I saw him standing before the congregation, and his right hand was withered. You remember the Bible talks about a man with a withered hand? I saw this picture. His hand was withered, completely dry, not being used. And the Spirit said, this is 
what the congregation looks like. The hand that is withered speaks of a hand that has not blessed, that has not given, that has not invested in this man's life. And I want you to go there and preach my word and restore that arm that is withered. I called him. He said, come. He gave me a date. I stood before them. I preached the word God gave me. That very day, one day, we received 75000 in cash from a very small congregation, and the rest came in promissory notes. A couple of weeks later, he was driving his brand new car. I think he's still driving it. But God taught me a lesson that day. The God kind of faith that I've given you is not just for your own use. There are many who depend on you to exercise your faith for their salvation, for their welfare, for their healing, for their miracle, for their divine protection. The church has become very self-centered and selfish. Bless me, Lord. Give me a promotion. I want an increase. And on and on we go. But it's all about us. And it's all about serving us. Surely God will meet your needs. He promised he would. Seek ye first the kingdom. And all of these things, what? They will be added to you. Not taken away from you. So let me ask you a question. If you lack these things, I ask you, are you seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, or are you seeking your own kingdom? If you are, then God promises that these things will be given to you. Not only that, but the blessing will run after you, wherever you go. That was a lesson that the Lord taught me after he, he convicted me so severely. Let me ask you a question. How often do you use your faith for someone else? Amen? Shall we start doing that? And believing God for those we associate with, for our brethren in the church? Amen? They may be struggling. And it's not always giving them money. Sometimes is standing in the gap and believing God for those who are less privileged. God will hear and answer and respond to your faith. Amen. Just like he responded to mine. So that for the believer, the life of faith and the walk of faith should be the most natural way for us to live. Amen. Someone said, have you ever heard of a believer who is an unbeliever? Amen. He said it's just like writing to your son or your daughter who's far away and reminding him, keep on breathing, please. Keep. If they are alive, they are breathing. If we are born again, then we are believers. We're not unbelievers. So the walk of faith should be the most natural walk for the believer. It shouldn't be any struggle. It shouldn't be any problem for us to believe the Word of God, should it? Because we are believers. We are the children of God. So living by faith is a byproduct 
of walking with God in the Spirit every single day. Every day you get up, you live by faith. You should live by faith, not by feeling. You should walk by faith because God's Spirit lives within you. So walking with God in the Spirit is walking by faith. Amen? When you walk with God, you cannot but believe in. That does not mean you don't get tested, you don't get tempted. But in the face of temptation and opposition, you dare to believe that God's Word is the final authority in your own life. This is, this is where we constantly wrestle and battle. The Spirit versus against the flesh. The flesh versus against the Spirit. That's what the Scripture teaches us. Amen? The Bible says that when we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Amen? When I speak of the flesh, I'm speaking of the senses. And the most common mistake we believers make, listen to me, we base our faith on what we feel, what we see, rather than what the Word of God tells us. This is where most of us fail. Our body tells us one thing immediately. We're so quick to believe that, the feeling, the symptom, rather than what the Word of God says. Brother Ron spoke to us. When you get up in the morning, you have a headache. What do you do? Or what you should say? I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. But if you go according to your senses, amen? If you go according to your senses, you're not walking in faith. You're walking in what? In unbelief. The Word says, for to be carnally minded... Is what? Is death. Romans 8 verse 6. Another way of saying to be carnally minded is death is to be sensually minded is death. He's not speaking of physical death. He's speaking of spiritual death. So when you are sensually minded, when you pay too much attention on what you feel and what you see and what your logic tells you, you no longer please the Lord. You're not walking by faith. You're walking by your senses. And to be sensually minded is spiritual death. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life. To be spiritually minded means that you walk according to the Word of God rather than what your senses tell you. Simple as that. Yet, it is so difficult to grasp. Your physical senses and mind cannot be a sure guide for what we should believe because often they lie to us. Hello? And the enemy, the devil, uses the flesh. He uses the senses because he's the God of this world. I'm not saying that you should not pay attention to your body, but too much attention when God's Word tells you something else, then you're walking by the senses rather than by the Word. You want to know why we're not seeing the kind of miracles that we should see, the kind of healings that we should experience, it's because we walk by the senses rather than by the Word. That is the reason.
Amen. Now, faith was not given to us. Uh, rather, faith was given to us to enable us to live, work, and function in the world of the Spirit because we are of the Spirit. Listen to what Romans 8 9 says. But you are not in the flesh. Who's he talking to when he says, you are not in the flesh? How many here are not in the flesh? Can I see your hand? Why, the rest of you are not born of God. You need to get born again. We're going to have an altar call. for. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Is the Spirit in you? So that means you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. So what does that mean? Because you are in the Spirit, and of the Spirit, you were given what? The Word of God, which is Spirit and life, to produce the faith that you need to live supernaturally in a natural way. That's as simple as that. You need to think of yourself as a spiritual being. That's the foundation of faith. You're not in the flesh. You're in the spirit. You are a spiritual being. You have a soul. You live in a body. You're not a body. You're not senses. You are spirit. Because you are spirit, God has given you the word of God, which is what? Spirit and life. The words that I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and life, Jesus said. The reason being is that the word of the Lord produces spiritual life, which is faith, amen, so that you can live supernaturally in the most natural way in the natural world. Amen. That's what the Word of God says. Now, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That's what Romans 8 verse 6 says. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, why? Because they mind the things of the flesh or the things of the senses. They mind the things of the senses. If you mind the things of the senses above the things of the Spirit, God says what? You cannot please Him. Now, if we desire to walk by faith, we must step out of our physical senses into the world of the Spirit. It's a decision. Living by faith is a decision. It's not a feeling. Amen? It's a decision. Walking in love, it's not a feeling. It's a decision. Amen? So, hear this. You have to leave your senses behind. Often you hear people saying, you know, have you taken leave of your senses? <laughs> yes, I have. I'm out of my senses, I'm into my spirit. You cannot walk by faith and mind the things of the senses. 
You have to leave the physical senses behind and step into the world of the spirit. Have you left your senses? Yes. That's exactly what we should do if we desire to walk by faith. Years ago, when I decided to follow the word of God, my father-in-law, who is a wonderful man, and a, and a great family man, he said, Andrea, have you lost your mind? How are you going to leave this, this, this business which provides for you and for your children? You're going to step out and you said you're going to live by faith and God will provide. Have you left your senses? Well, <laughs> he could not understand my decision. You know why? Because it was not based on logic. It was not based on what I saw, what I felt, and what I, my, my natural understanding could follow. It was based on what? The decision was based on faith. Now, I didn't expect him to understand all that, but I did expect him to support the decision. Well, years afterwards, he came with my mother-in-law to visit us in the city of Cape Town when he saw where we lived, when he, when, when he saw the kind of life we lived and the lifestyle, he really was convinced. In fact, he said, do you have a secret operation going on somewhere that I don't know of? I said, no, Dad. The Lord is our provider. Amen? Now, you know, people often misunderstand me when I speak of these decisions. But you know what? I believe God for little things, not just for great decisions. When I get up in the morning and my, my, my body <laughs> screams, you know, and the older you get, the, the more pains you get when you get up in the morning, especially when you're not fit and you're not exercising. Oh, the last thing I want to do is get up and go to my prayer closet. That's when I have to decide to walk by faith. And I don't mind what my senses tells me. Amen? So I drag myself in there if I have to, but I do it by faith. Do you feel like praying every morning, Pastor? No. Do you? The flesh hates prayer. Your senses hate prayer. But I do it anyway. And as soon as, as I start in the flesh mumbling, then the spirit comes and the anointing comes and you take off. Because you decided to walk by faith and not by feeling or by sight. Amen. Do I fail sometimes? Every single day, many times. But I get up and I go at it again. And that's what we should do. The easiest thing in the world for us is to slide back in the natural and begin to walk by what you see, by what you feel, rather than by what the Word of God says. It is easy to fall back. It is easy to backslide. Amen? It's the easiest thing in the world. That's why you need to make a decision once and for all that you as a believer, I'm going to walk by faith. And now I exercise my faith. When I, when I first learned about the faith walk, when I was young in the Lord, man, I believed God for a parking bay when the, when the center was crowded. True. I would drive and I say, Lord, I'm trusting you for a parking bay. And I don't have to go around 10, 12 times around the shopping center before I could find a parking. I would exercise my faith like that. 
Have no trouble in doing it. I still do it sometimes. One, not so long ago with Isabella, she, she knows me by now. She, we're driving. We can't find a parking. I said, Papu, did you pray for a parking? I said, no, thank you for reminding me, Bella. I said, why don't you pray? As soon as she prays, a parking bay opens right in front of us. You teach your kids that way, your grandkids. Amen? I even believe God for fun. Have you ever tried to believe God for fun? When I first learned the principles of faith, I exercised them. I put myself out there. And I saw it working over and over again. I learned that the Word of God says, I can have whatever I say. So, years ago, 1984, I even remember the year, that was when I was learning about this subject of faith. My wife and I, with my brother-in-law, Michael, went up to Kariba for a few days of holiday and fishing. As we were going up, I was learning now. You can have whatever you say. Turn around and say to brother, you are the experienced fisherman. But I say this, I'm going to catch the biggest fish of both of you. They laughed at me. They stopped laughing when I did catch the biggest fish. <laughs> it's still hanging in our kitchen. Those of you who visited my house, you'll see it as a testimony. I exercise faith even even for fun. I'm walking up and down in my balcony in Zimbabwe, and I have this passion in my heart to preach to the Greeks by the thousands. So I'm walking over there, and I'm praying, Lord, thank you for giving me space on television to preach the gospel to the nation of Greece. A few months went by. TBN calls me. I didn't even call them. They said, are you interested in producing Greek programming for Greek television? I said, yes, I've been praying for that. I've been believing God for that. He said, come. They paid for my fares there and back. They gave me an offering, and I was on television for years in Greece. Now, let me ask you this. There were so many preachers in Greece and so many preachers here that they were able to preach Greek better than I. Why did they call me? Why didn't they call them? Hmm? Because I believed. I believed that I would have space. And I trusted God. And I declared the word. God, thank you for giving me slot to preach the gospel to the Greek nation worldwide on television. According to your faith, Jesus said. So be it done unto you. Amen. I'm sharing testimony with you to tell you that this faith stuff works. We were a handful of Greek people in the Methodist hall, week after week, month after month. One day the Lord speaks to me and he says, I'm going to give you the finest of the buildings in the city and I'm going to give it to you debt free. Well, when I hear God, I'm not afraid of anything. The secret is being able to hear. Not think you heard, but truly hear. Because when the word comes, faith is there. I don't have to struggle to believe. 
Faith is already there for what God has spoken. I don't have to manufacture faith. It is already there because I heard the word of the Lord. So I said to the few members, I think 10 or 12, God is blessing us with the finest of the buildings in the city and he's going to pay for it and it's going to be debt free. Do you know what they did? <laughs> Inside them, most of them laughed. They asked, who's going to pay for it? They looked around. I said, God will. You know that all of them left in the process of time. When they left, God brought the blessing. Why? Because God cannot bless you when you walk with unbelievers. Well, there were believers, but there were unbelievers. They didn't believe. They thought Andrea has lost it. How is he going to put up a building of millions when it's just a few of us? But I dare to believe God. Today, you're sitting in this beautiful building. We don't owe one cent to anyone, and we're enjoying this beautiful building, and it's debt free. How did it come? By faith. Remember what I say to you, every measure of growth, every measure of blessing, every measure of advancement can only come through faith. And God will bypass a million people and will come to you simply because you believe him. You believe what he promised you. You believe what he said. And I can go on testimony after testimony after testimony and relate to you that as you exercise your faith, God will honor you above all others. God is not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. Amen? We're driving down the road with my wife a few years ago. She's driving a 16-year-old car. Nothing wrong with it. She's happy with it, and I turn around, prompted by the Spirit, inspired by the word of faith, saying, I'm going to get you a brand new car, and I'm going to pay cash for it. She said, where are you going to find the money? I ignored that statement. A few weeks later, we're driving again, and sometimes I let my wife drive. You know why? If you're wise, you're going to let your wife drive. Because I love peace when I drive. She won't tell me, oh, you crossed this line here, it's, uh, it's illegal. You went through the yellow robot, you parked in the wrong place. No, rather you drive, I sit and I enjoy. I have a very good driver. So, a few weeks afterwards, I ignored that statement, driving down the road, she's driving again, that old car, and I said, sweetheart, I'm going to get you a brand new car, the one you like, I know which one you like, and I'm going to pay cash for it. She didn't say anything this time. A couple of months later, I, both of us drive into Mercedes-Benz. We choose the car she wants. She likes it. We go to the counter. He says, what finance would you like to, to do it with? I said, no, sir, no finance. Here is your money. I drive my car out. My wife is driving it and enjoying it every day. Did I struggle to believe? No. Why is it that we struggle to believe God? I tell you why. Because we're not walking close to Him. There's no intimacy 
in our relationship with the Lord. When you walk close, you're going to hear his whisper. And God wants to give you far more than what you have imagined because you are his child and he delights to bless you and to bless those around you. One of the love languages of God is what? Giving. Giving. If you're a parent, a father, a mother, you love to bless your children, aren't you? And that's what God delights in. So open your heart. Believe God. Believe what he promises you. Walk by faith. Don't be afraid to confess and to decree and declare what God promised you. Amen? Because he is good to make his word good in your life. Study the subject of faith. Don't just hear, well, I've heard this sermon. You know what most people do? They hear a sermon on faith, they get so inspired, and then they jump out. And they're trying to believe God for something that is beyond their measure. Why do you believe God for a house when you can't believe God for a small thing? Start with a little thing. And climb the ladder slowly, one step at a time. See whether it works to heal your headache. Before you believe God for cancer, for instance. It's too big for your measure if you're not used to exercising your faith. So I encourage you, start from where you are. Believe God. Trust Him for the little things. Watch Him provide. Watch Him bless you. Watch Him open up a way for you. Create platforms for you. And bring you into places that you could never have got into without exercising your faith. I tell you that faith will set you up, will put you onto platforms, will open up doors for you that nothing else will. But you've got to walk by it. Amen? Abraham was promised a child. But he looked at his wife, he looked at his body, but the Bible says he was not moved by what he saw. In fact, the scripture uses the words, he considered not his own body. You cannot walk by faith and consider your body. You have to consider the promise of God if you want the benefits of it. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.